Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you go with me tonight very quickly to the Word of God? I'd like to do something a little unorthodox and out of the ordinary with a particular verse of Scripture tonight. Culturally, and honestly, the way it's written out, it is in with another groupings of Scripture, but I just want to read one verse of Scripture out of this passage tonight as a text. So if we could all go, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles or if you'd like to dial up your Bibles, go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Very quickly, we're going to be heading to the Gospel of Luke tonight also. I appreciate you making it tonight. I appreciate you coming out tonight and being in service this evening. I know there's transition happening. I know that uh, many of our schools in the area went back into session this week. So kudos to our parents who came out tonight and kudos to those who could make it and kudos to those who might be tuning, tuning in, tuning in on Facebook Live maybe while they are uh, doing homework or something like that. Amen. I tell you what, that's one of those moments just kind of laugh about it. It's okay. I know what I said. I've got a really good sense of humor. Don't worry about it, okay? Tuning in tonight on Facebook Live while maybe doing homework or working at home learning. And will you help me thank my uh, wife, my sister, and my mom for helping me sing tonight when I was messing up chords. Oh, Lord. Praise God. I was goofing off with that song this afternoon. It was going smoother than that, and I totally lost on one portion. I totally lost my chord progression right then and right there. But I love that song, and I just wanted us to declare it tonight as a church. Praise God. Praise God. We give the Lord praise. I encourage you to make it out to services the next couple of weeks. We're going, there's going to be some celebrating in the house. Okay? I encourage you to come to services the next couple of weeks. Uh, Pastor's going to be sharing vision for the up and coming year 2021. He's going to be sharing vision. Uh, for the next year, there have been some team leaders, some leaders who have gotten together and who have been casting vision for the year. And let me tell you, the atmosphere, if you don't mind me using a call, I think it's still culturally friendly. Those of you that are cool, help me out. It is lit. The atmosphere is lit. Is lit still a word? John, is it still a word? Okay, awesome. I am still culturally sound when I say the word lit. And not only is the vision going to be lit, we're getting some reports of things and there's going to be some testimonies shared that you want to be here for, okay? There's going to be some testimonies shared that you want to be here for. And I encourage you to come together. God has been moving so much. We're not about numbers at Rodney Pike Church of God. And we're not going to obsess about numbers. We have a pastor who does not lose sleep over numbers. I know pastors that do lose sleep over numbers. But we have a pastor who does not. But I think we need to give the Lord praise because this Sunday was our highest attendance since the pandemic. Amen. Need to give the Lord a shout for that. 
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's be in prayer. Let's be in prayer. Those that have been affected by the pandemic, and uh, we just we just give God praise for what he is doing because the future's still bright at Rodney Pike Church of God. Can I have an amen to that? Praise God. I just want to exhort to you for a few moments tonight. I just feel a word going through my spirit this evening since pastor asked me to preach. Or let me rephrase that. I happily volunteered to preach to you tonight. I told him, I said, uh, if you ever need a preacher, I know a guy. I'm always ready within minutes to preach the word of God. But there's a word that's been going through my spirit in such a strong way since I've been asked to preach the message this evening. It's simply the word seasons. It's the word seasons that has been going through my spirit in a very strong way. So if you would tonight, if I could get Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 up there on the screen, Brother John, that'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. It simply says this, and many of you know this verbatim, know it by heart. And as I said tonight, I only want to read verse 1. Because I know it's grouped in, in fact, the punctuation at the end, the colon even states the fact that it's not the end of the sentence. It's a grouping. It's a connection. But I just want to read verse 1 tonight. It says this, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. If I could be kind of real with you for just a second, if I could just be real with you for a moment here, I'm going to make a life confession about myself. I'm going to make a life confession about myself, and I don't know if you're going to feel the same way about me being the one who addresses you from this great pulpit. But I'm going to make a life confession about myself. I have a love for something that is going to blow your mind. And maybe you've picked up on it. I have a love for classic cartoons. I have an absolute love for classic cartoons. I love all the old classic cartoons. And I love some old, the old classic superhero shows. Early on Saturday morning, I, I am one who doesn't sleep till noon on days off. I'm normally up by about 5.30 or so. And I'm up sitting up on my couch with the TV on. And there is a channel. My wife and I don't even have cable. But there is a channel early on Saturday mornings called the HI channel. And they show first off at 6 o'clock, they show, show the old adventures of Superman with George Reeves. Anybody remember those? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they say it's actually a legend. He did not slip on soap in the bathtub when he passed away. It's actually a legend. He did not slip and fall when he, when, when he, when he faced death. So I watched the old episodes of George Reeves Superman, and I learned something about back then around that time frame. You know why I like that Superman? Because that Superman looks like he's had a couple baked potatoes in his life, okay? Any more superheroes have to be absolutely cut and absolutely ripped, uh, loaded down with muscles. But I like George Reeves Superman because he's a realistic Superman. It's like kryptonite isn't his kryptonite. Twinkies be his kryptonite. 
Okay, then after that comes on another show called Batman. The old Adam West and Burt Ward Batman. Oh, my goodness. And you got to love the end of the old Batman series because it's like the Cape Crusaders are in a big mess right now. Will this be the end of the Cape Crusaders? Find out next week. What's it say, guys? Same bat time, same bat network. And then they find out Batman and Robin are just fine in the next episode. Praise God. But then I love classic cartoons that come on after that. But one of my absolute favorite is between this battle between Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny who are being chased down by Elmer Fudd, the great huntsman Elmer Fudd, who never seems to get anything. I mean, I end up feeling sorry for old Elmer, man. He, he, he don't get nothing. He never shoots anything. And there's this constant war happening in this cartoon between these two iconic characters. And they say it's, it's duck season, it's rabbit season, it's duck season. It's, and this battle between the two. And then they say, oh, it's rabbit season, shoot him. No, it's duck season, shoot him. And I absolutely love the end of that cartoon because Bugs Bunny, he dresses as the game warden and Elmer Fudd goes it's probably offensive to impersonate him but he goes Mr. Game Warden what season is it? He goes why son? Pulls the baseball out of his pocket and says it's baseball season and he throws the baseball and Elmer Fudd goes running through the woods chasing the baseball shooting the baseball as funny as it is, that's almost, if there's such a thing, to, forgive me for making the analogy, if there's ever a prophetic cartoon, it's that one. If there's ever a prophetic cartoon trying to figure out exactly where we're at, where are we at? How many of you have maybe been in the prayer closet and said, God, exactly where are we at right now? What is exactly going on that is your purpose and your will and your way. Let me tell you something, honey. It might sound a little cliche for me to say this, but now is the appointed time. There's an appointed time and it's right now. Because if you look at the translation of season there in Ecclesiastes, it just simply is the appointed time. And it says, to everything, there is a season. If you translate that, there is an appointed time for every purpose under heaven. The translation of purpose there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you know what it is? It's like the pleasures of heaven, the desires of heaven. All of the things that we're facing and the turbulence and the trials and the turmoil, they all point back to the desires and the purposes of heaven. All of them point back to the will and the desires and the plan of God. We are in an appointed time. We are in a time that God has ordained, that God has anointed, and that God has appointed, and God has looked down upon us, believe it or not, though things don't look that way. He's looked at us and said, guess what? It's time. It's time. It's time, church. It's time. We haven't lost anything. We haven't, we, we, we haven't gotten rid of anything. Now is an appointed time. 
Now is an appointed time. It's an appointed time. It's an appointed hour to find destiny, to find purpose, to find, to find the pleasures of heaven, saying, God, exactly what is it you want me to do to fulfill your desires and to fulfill your pleasures, Lord? Something's going through, through my spirit. If I could just once again be kind of real and raw with you for a moment. It's, it's, it, it's obvious, it's obvious right now that there is kind of almost an air of defeat within the church, okay? It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, going to a topic that I shouldn't be going to when I just simply say that it's almost like we have battled and faced with a, a time of defeat. It's like we're trying to dig ourselves out of something. We're trying to kind of claw our way through something. And now it's, it's kind of like what's happened is we, we felt like we were once thriving and we've gone from thriving into a state of surviving. Trying to, trying to find that little glimmer of hope of what good is, you know, what's, what, what is going on on <laughs> you can't help but laugh about it you know what i'm saying can we be real for a second here can we loosen up for a second here and be you can't help but to laugh about it i mean i don't have any children but i would be cracking up right now if i were to try to help teach a child new math oh come on you mama's in the house i gave you a good place to shout Oh, I've talked to mothers who work full-time jobs and say, hey, my days are like 16 hours long because I go work my job and I come home and I'm trying to be teacher. Let me tell you something. This new math did not come from Jesus. What is the deal? I couldn't do the old math, let alone the new math. I look at stuff that my seven-year-old nephew has to try to learn in his schooling. I'm like, dude, I think I did this in the fifth grade. And then if you understood it in my fifth grade class, you were one of the smart kids. You got to go to those special classes where they said you were smart. Well, they sat you around in a circle and they said, okay, for the next 30 seconds, things, uh, things that are plastic. And they went around a circle and they said, things that are plastic. Now, things that are orange, they all go around in a circle. How fast is your... They had something called ELO, Excellent Learning Opportunity at the Mercer Elementary School. Excellent Learning Opportunity at the Mercer Elementary School. And the cool thing of it was you got to go to the Omnimax Theater. It was a 3D theater. It's probably out right now in the year 2021 but you got to go to the to to the Omnimax theater at the end of the semester if you participated in the excellent learning opportunity but now here we are so many things have changed and transitioned for years they've been saying that our children have been in the schoolhouse and they've had to focus so much on just passing a, a, a particular test 
They've had to pass a particular test in the schoolhouse and so much is about now that weight and that responsibility is not on the weight of those who have been trained and educated to do so. That weight and responsibility is now on the parents' shoulders trying to make it, going from a season of thriving into a season of surviving. I'll be quite honest with you. The thing that brought me discouragement personally throughout this year is the fact that before the pandemic, we were seeing attendances in children's ministries of upwards of nearly 40 children between the two age brackets on Sundays. There, there, there was a, a joy in the camp when it came down to children's ministries. There was a happiness and there was like a skip. There's something when you do lead. If attendances are good, it kind of encourages you a little bit and we would have times the early learner class would go line up in children's ministries and there'd be like 15 three to five year olds at the Rodney Pike Church of God getting ready to go down to class and we had to maybe think about ways that we can encourage and teach these children but then the pandemic hit we had seasons to where ministries were beginning to rise up but then the pandemic hit it almost went like we went from a season of thriving into a season of surviving we, we had an Easter of a few years ago of pushing nearly 400 people in attendance on the campus that particular Easter and this past year there were 10 people in the house for Easter Sunday we went from a season of thriving into a season of surviving but let me tell you something about seasons saints of God the ministry and purpose and the divine will of God does not stop when it looks like the church is just surviving and not thriving unto everything there is a season see what's happening is that God knows good and well what is happening in this particular season he knows he's familiar with the experiences that we're having right now he's familiar with it he's familiar with those who have maybe had to fight through not losing complete and total control of their minds not falling into pits of depression he knows good and well let me tell you something though it looks like a down season it's still a God appointed God anointed season all of this has its place and has its purpose all of it does can I say it one more time all of it does has its place and its divine purpose God knows what he's doing in this hour God knows what he's doing in this hour he knows what happens in the last hour but thank God he knows what's going to happen in the next hour he knows what's going to happen in the hour after that every season is a divine appointed season and it's a time for the church to arise hallelujah seasons look different at times they have different appearances they have different facades and looks about them if you even take the seasons we have here in Ohio, we'll have seasons that are rainy. 
seasons that are sunny. We'll have seasons that are snowy. But they all serve their purpose. I talked one time to a volunteer firefighter and we were having kind of what it looks like we could be having this year, one of those weird, unseasonably warm winters. He said, let me tell you something about those cold winters when the snowstorms hit. He said, those deep snows that lay on the grass do something. They bring moisture in the winter that affects the ground in the summer that prevents wildfires in the warmer months. He said when the snow lays and it goes into the ground, it creates a moisture that prevents brush fires. It prevents wildfires. It prevents destruction. It prevents things from being damaged. And we complain about having to shovel the white stuff off of our driveways, but it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. What's that your mama used to say? April showers bring... The seasons that have a tendency to make, that, that irritate and stretch, do take you into a time of blessing in the future. Honey, there's a time where you sow and there's a time where you reap. There's a time where you sow and a time where you reap. And back to what I was saying just a few moments ago. That, that, that there has been just this... Hmm, there has been kind of a, a weight, a weight and kind of a depression that, that has tried to overwhelm the church. And I, I was just having a moment with the Lord this morning. I'm just kind of having a moment with the Lord this morning. And I, I began to pray and the Holy Spirit began to move upon me and took me to an account in Scripture that's very common. He took me to the account of Scripture of Jonah. And I went to, to the book of Jonah, I went to the third chapter of Jonah to find the way that it read. And the way the book of Jonah read was that the word of the Lord, it even says beginning of, of chapter 3, I believe, that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time to arise and go to Nineveh. The greatness of this city, it, it required a three-day journey. A three-day journey. And the Bible says that Jonah began to preach the warning of what was yet to come to Nineveh. He gave him like a 40-day heads up. I mean, honestly, a, 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 a message of Kind of like a message of, uh, you know, the, the, the doomsday type preaching. The doomsday type preaching. Sometimes I look at uh, old scriptural, uh, 
I look at people in the Bible, and I was thinking to myself, if they stood at the pulpits of 2021, they would not be asked to go back and minister to that church. <laughs> Oh, that, that's just a little dark, Brother Jonah. We, we need you to exhort to the brethren this morning, okay? <laughs> we need you to preach something kind of light to our church, if you don't mind. But Jonah was preaching this word. He was preaching this word saying that God's going to turn over the city of Nineveh. He's going to destroy the city of Nineveh. Here is your warning. Here is your warning. And the Bible said something crazy. The Bible said that they begin to turn. And the Bible said word had gotten to the king and he literally rose up out of his throne. He rose up out of his throne, removed his king, his royal robe, and he put on sackcloth and he sat in ash. The man was in a state of repentance. And we all know the ending of the story of Jonah. Jonah wanted the city to be destroyed. But there's something about the account of Jonah. It hit me like a ton of bricks this morning. In other words... Jonah had a God-given mission. He carried out the God-given mission and the people listened to what he said. In other words, God gave him a powerful opportunity to share the difference that can be made in somebody's life. Do you see what's happening, folks? Is that God can turn the most hard heart. God can turn those who thought they can live without him thought they can denounce him, uh, thought they can walk away from him. Uh, and here this king sat uh, upon his throne, uh, and the Bible says he got off of his throne. In other words, he got off of the throne that he led in oppression with. Uh, he got off of the throne that he led in abomination with, uh, and he declared, I will listen to the prophet of God. Uh, do you see what's happening right here? Is God's giving the church an opportunity to share a word he's giving an opportunity to share a word and yes things are going to happen yes there are things that have been prophesied and foretold that we're seeing unfolding and happening so now we need to pick up the word and the gospel message and declare the fact that yes destruction is coming but the Lord wants to save you from the destruction there's another charge that's being given to the church. It's a charge to say we've got to realize just how much the grace of God extends and how much the mercy of God extends to where he's going to send us into places where we don't think they deserve salvation. We don't think they deserve his redemption. We're going to think they don't deserve his grace and his mercy, but he wants the church to realize even though they don't deserve it neither did we we didn't deserve the mercy and the grace of God he wants the world to know something that the blood of Jesus was shed for the remission of all sins and see what's happening is we could very well be in a season where things don't look so much in quote unquote the 
favor of the church. It doesn't look like the pendulum is swinging in favor of the church. Well, honey, it's at that hour where we can go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and the message can carry. It can start with the lower class. It can go to the middle class. It can go to the upper class and the most powerful seats and highest levels of authority can be moved by the Holy Spirit of God to a place where they get up out of their place of authority and humble themselves before the mighty hand of God. But if we're not careful, we're going to miss that opportunity. We're going to miss that opportunity. <laughs> Woo! You know, the greatest recipe for a great outpouring is to understand that every hour is the appointed hour. That every season is the appointed season. It may be a season of sowing, but we're going to see the reaping. It may be a season of weeping, but we will see the joy. It may be a season of hard labor. It may be a season of praying. It may be a season where we don't see the miracles manifesting. But let me tell you, honey, this season will only be temporary. We will see the season of joy come. Hallelujah. I'll have to repent tonight. I told myself that I was not going to preach hard tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. I got if I they post that on Facebook it's going to get fact checked. <laughs> Amen. You could be real with me tonight, that's okay. You're a Wednesday night crowd. Praise God. You're double saved this evening. But seasons have a tendency to they have a tendency They can affect the flesh in such a way that they can miss the fact that it is actually an appointed time that we're walking in. It's an appointed time that we're walking in. The hour, somebody say now. Oh, one more time, say now. One more time, say now. now. Now is the appointed time. It's, it's, it's right now. It's right now. It's, it is right now. Why, why am I wanting to emphasize that tonight? Why, why, I mean, why, why in the world am I wanting to emphasize that in such a way this evening? Oh, because let me tell you, Satan would love for the church to get defeated right now. Satan would love for the church to get into a place in a mentality and a mindset where they think that we got to wait for another day before we do anything. We got to wait. We gotta wait. If you would go with me tonight to Luke's Gospel chapter seven.
It says, now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Hmm. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even myself... Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But, say the word, and my servant would be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that follow him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. The seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke gives and it shares this story about this centurion. If you measure up what exactly a centurion was, it was a man of great power, great authority, High, possibly high levels of training, high levels of education, wealthy, rich, had everything they needed, had all the quote unquote it factors, had qualifications of leadership. Can't remember if I said it, but they had high levels of education. Lists of merits, lists of, of authorities, things, big old fat resumes. And I'd say they were probably also physically fit. Strong men. Abled men. You know, they were the type that when they walked by, everybody stood still. Oh, such great power and authority and grace when they came by. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody showed up and there was just such a hush and a humility that fell over the crowd? 
Oh, such a, such a calming and a serenity happens because of a place of authority that this person was in. And they were seen and admired in a great place of authority. I forget who it was, but in the early 20th century, 20th, 20th century the president at that time, I forget who it was, which one it was, would put on civilian street clothes and go to the hardware store without security. And people would, wouldn't know who he was. Why? Because he was out of his place of Oh, out of his place of authority. And so he would just go and to the hardware store and walk around and do his thing. Because he was out of his place of authority. People didn't recognize him. All these years, this centurion had been in this time. A man of great power and authority. And by the time we get to where we are now, he's just simply a man with a need. He's just simply a man with a need. Isn't it something how quickly the accolades of man can diminish? Isn't it something how quickly all of man's appointments and authorities? I mean, dude, he come to Jesus, got word to Jesus and said, I'm not worthy for you to set foot into my house. He had some type of a guilt on his mind and in his life where he thought, man, I could not have Jesus inside of my house. All the things right now, all that time and all that season, all that good stuff, that time of good stuff, you know, all that good stuff, all that, all that promising stuff. And now he's in a place of vulnerability. Let me tell you something about vulnerability it makes us cry out in faith <laughs> oh let me tell you about vulnerability you think it's defeat it's the beginning of victory our vulnerability is the starting place where we say God what I have and accomplished does not matter all that matters is I need you in the situation that I'm in and in the time that I'm in what am I trying to say saints it's in seasons like this where God says now I can move in great and powerful ways I can do things that even those in lofty positions of power and then they realize and they see that he can speak the transformation into existence. Because it says when they got home he who had been sick was well 
And it was at that appointed time, I believe it was the Gospel of Matthew records and says that he became well at that particular time. And now he's well. Maybe God's trying to shake off some things off of our life that shouldn't have been there to begin with. Maybe he's trying to wake us up a little bit, guys. Kind of kind of knock on the back door a little bit. The first church dad pastored it had a velvet portrait of Jesus, the famous portrait where Jesus is standing at the door. And if I understand the great analogy in that was that there's no knob on the door for him to turn correct. And he stands there and he knocks. There's that velvet, you know, some, some of the women in the house probably had the, the velvet Elvises hanging on their walls, but this was, this was velvet Jesus. Velvet Jesus. He had sideburns too. No, I'm just kidding. But do you ever think it's at moments like this where God's really trying to knock on the doors of our hearts and get attention right now and say, this is the appointed time. This is the season I want you in. This is where I want you to be in and dwell in. I want you seeking me and running after me. I want you putting me first and prioritizing me. Mm. I know it's a little bit of a fundamental way to end it, but if there's anything I could lay out for the year 2021, it's this. Let's simply just put God first and say all times is my appointed time. I'm not going to back burner the will of God anymore in my life. I'm not going to back burner the things of God anymore in my life. I'm going to focus on Him. Let Him be my focal point. Would you just simply stand to your feet with me tonight? I've maybe been a little long this evening. I apologize.